0: Hey, this is Andre Butler, pastor of Faith Experience Church. You're listening to the Faith Experience Podcast. Thank you for joining us. We hope that this message helps you engage your faith and experience the future God has for you. Amen. Amen. And so, of course, today we're continuing the series we've been studying Bay or, or not. Nah. And uh, as we've stated uh, for the last couple of weeks, you know, many people who are not married, how many here are not married, okay? How many of you are not married still want to be married, all right? That's most people. I'm sure online people are saying the same thing, right? Most people who are unmarried uh, want to be married one day, but you don't want to marry the wrong person. You want to marry the person that, you know, is, is the person God has for you. If you're a Christian, if you're not a Christian, you don't want to marry the wrong person. You want to marry the love of your life, and yet... Uh, we all know that that's easier said than done. That you know finding Bay is is not as easy as they make it look in the movies. And that this dating world can be really confusing. It can be frustrating. Uh, you can get your heart broken. Uh, that yet we have all these tools to help us, right? You got dating apps. You got dating programs. You've got you know obviously you got friends and family and all of that to help you out to to, to help you find Bay. And yet, many of us are still missing the things that we need the most to do that. And that is the spiritual tools to find the one that God has for us, to find God's bay for us. Because when it's all said and done, we need help from heaven to find God's choice for us. We need help from heaven to determine the right criteria to use when evaluating whether or not somebody is the right person for me. We need help from heaven. And and really looking at and and, and determining if the person that I'm interested in, the person I'm talking to, the person I'm dating right now is God's bay for me. And so we've learned that God wants to help us in this area. And we learned the first week that God has somebody in mind for you. He has a bay for you and gave you a couple questions that you may want to ask yourself when you're evaluating whether or not a person that you're talking to or that's talking to you or you're interested in is possibly God's bay for you. Last week, we learned that you need to be picky. Somebody say, be picky. We know a lot of people say, you know, you're still single because you're picky. And, you know, in one sense, that may be true. You may not want to be too picky physically, although you want to be attracted to them. But you do want to be picky when it comes to their character. And so we've learned that as a man, you want to find a sweet woman. And as a woman, you want to find a strong man. We got into those things. And if you missed that, you can get a hold of those messages in a lot of different ways. Today, I want to go a little different direction. And, and as we talked about, if I had to give this message a title, I would call it the games people play. Because people tend to treat dating like it's a game, but it's not supposed to be treated that way. Dating is not a game. And yet, because of that, there are a lot of people in the single world who simply have broken hearts. You know, they've gotten their heart broken because of how they have been treated by others. And there are others that have broken a lot of hearts. And if you be honest, you could probably say that most people that are single have done a little bit of both. Because they've done this dating thing the wrong way. And so today I want to show you a way to date that honors God, that does right by others, and yet can lead to bay. So I want to start by looking at a pattern that we can find in Bible love stories. We're going to start in Genesis chapter 24. Anybody interested in this? All right. You know, dating is just not supposed to be as hard as people complain that it is. You know, it's not supposed to be as difficult as it seems to be. And it's because we're doing it wrong. It's because many people are doing it wrong. And so, you know, what happens is people end up not entering into relationships because the last relationship hurt them. People end up uh, uh, being the type of person that, you know, harms multiple people. And then eventually, you know, when you sow that kind of seed, you get harvest, right? Simply because we don't understand the right way to do this. And the world has its own ways, man. It's got its own game. And, and if you're a Christian and you try to do things the world's way and yet get God's person, I mean, no, that's not going to work, right? All right, so let me, let me jump into this. Y'all are so quiet in here, Genesis 24, we looked at this story uh, about two weeks ago, and it was a story of how Isaac and Rebekah came together. Now, of course, in this time, this was, things were very, very different. And so Abraham sent his servant to find a wife for Isaac. He had a very specific criteria that he wanted him to use uh, in, in finding her. And as we talked about, God really did have her ready for him. God already had somebody in mind for Isaac, and God made sure it happened. But I I want you to notice some of the things that his servant did because I think that they actually translate to dating today. And so in verse 15, it says, Before he had finished praying, that's a good start, isn't it? You're talking about dating, you want to start with prayer. He saw a young woman named Rebekah coming out with her water jug on her shoulder. She was the daughter of Bethuel, who was the son of Abraham's brother, Nahor, and his wife, Milca. And of course, once again, he was looking for, Abraham asked for him to find somebody that was from his family line. And so here she seems to, you know, meet the list. This is what's on the list, and, you know, she seems to check off the box. Well, if you keep reading here, The Bible says Rebecca was very beautiful and old enough to be married, but she was still and she was still a virgin. She went down to the spring, filled her jug, and came up again. So notice what the servant does. Running over to her, the servant said, "Please give me a little drink of water from your jug." So notice that he, of course, he's there to find a wife for Isaac. He's looking for somebody. Obviously, that's attractive. He's looking for somebody that may meet this criteria. And here she comes, walking. And notice that he immediately, you know, he identifies. Okay, she's she's gorgeous, and he goes over to her. So notice he identified that this might be somebody that, that I'm int- that, that 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 will work, and then he approached her. Right. In fact, if we were to keep reading, let's keep going here. The Bible says the servant watched her in silence, wondering whether or not the Lord had given him his success in his mission. So he didn't just see her, he didn't just approach her, but then he watched her. He evaluated her. And of course, you remember the story, he had prayed to God that this woman, whoever it was that God had in mind, would not only give him water, but would offer to give water to his camels. So when she did that, you know, and she's saying, all right, I'll I'll do that for you. And she's running and she's getting water. He's stepping back like, okay, is, is this really, is this what God, is this what I asked God for? I'm going to come back to that. Well, if we keep reading here, he says, whose daughter are you? In verse 23, and, uh, and he said, please tell me, would your father have any room to put us up for the night? And she says, I am the daughter of Bethuel, and my grandparents are Nahor and Milcah. And the man bowed low and worshipped the Lord. Well, of course, what he realized was that she was a relative of Abraham, just like he asked. So, of course, eventually he ends up with their family. He begins to tell the story of what How he met her tells why he's there, and in verse 48 he says, "Then I bowed low and worshipped the Lord. I praise the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, because he led me to my master's uh, house to be to be his master's niece, excuse me, to be his son's wife." So notice he states his intentions. I'm here to get a wife for Isaac. Next thing. So tell me, will you or won't you show unfailing love and faithfulness to my master? Please tell me yes or no. Notice that. And then I'll know what to do next. Of course, Abraham had said to him, you know, uh, he had asked Abraham, what if I find this woman and she doesn't want to come? And Abraham said, okay, then you're free of this oath. Just because somebody, God has somebody in mind for you or it doesn't mean that they are required to be with you. Everybody has choice, right? Right? And so here he is. He's saying, "All right, I believe God has done this. Now tell me, is this going to happen or not?" And there is a place where you have to state intentions, and there is a place where you have to get clarity about how, what the other person, how the other person feels, and what they're going to do. Of course, she says, "Eventually, yes, I'm going to go." And then when they finally return to his home, the Bible says in verse 63, "One evening, as he was walking and meditating in the fields, he looked up and saw the camels coming." And when Rebecca looked up and saw Isaac, she quickly dismounted from her camel. Who is that man walking through the fields to meet us, she asked the servant. And he replied, it is my master. So Rebecca covered her face with her veil. Then the servant told Isaac everything he had done. And Isaac brought Rebecca into his mother Sarah's tent, and she became his wife. Get this, he loved her deeply. And she was a special comfort to him after the death of his mother. Obviously, things were done very differently then, but obviously this worked. He ended up with the one God had for him. He loved her deeply. She was a great comfort to him because his mother had just passed away. We know they went on to have twins, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a couple of things. I read through it quickly. I want to now point out a couple of things that I saw here, and I mentioned them to you in passing already. He identified her. He evaluated her. He approached her. He stated his intentions, and he followed through. So, brothers when you you know you see somebody that you're interested in of course when you identify somebody that's good looking great go for it right then you approach part of the problem we have today is you know people want to play games i like you i know i like you so now i'm gonna pretend like i don't like you anybody remember when you were in like elementary school and if a boy liked a girl he'd hit her he'd be mean to her come on anybody know what i'm talking about how many know people still doing that mess today? Right? He may not actually hit her, but no, if you like a girl, step up. Sometimes we get so spiritual. And actually, I like to use the word spooky. That you know it's almost like, well, there she is, she's fine. I've been watching her for 7.8 years. <laughs> I'm waiting for the Lord to cause the heavens to open. I need to hear from God and know she's the one before I say hi. And I know know somebody that doesn't know God, they're like, what are you talking about? This doesn't happen. We don't do that. But people that do know God know what I'm talking about. You can get so spooky that you feel like something special has to happen before I approach a girl. And there's another piece of this that I got to mention. And I'm going to tell you, I I started with the scripture, and I'm going to come back to the scripture, but this is going to be the most practical message in this. I'm just going to talk today. Can we just talk? Can we just talk? I forgot what I was about to say now, but... But well, you know, that, that another piece of this. Well, you know, they're going to feel like, I, you know, people are going to say, I'm talking to all these women and I'm doing all this other stuff. At some point, you got to get past what people say. You do things the right way and you let God deal with other people. It's okay if you're attracted to somebody to approach them and try to get to know them. Because you do need to do the next thing, which is evaluate them. And sometimes what you'll do is you will meet somebody. You'll see somebody that you're attracted to. You think that this might be bae, and you might not approach right away because you might want to watch them from a distance. You might want to go out in a group of everybody and see how they act, see if they're sane, see if there's somebody that's a giver or somebody that's just a taker. Find out if there's a sweet woman or a strong man. Okay, you want to watch them. That's actually part of what's supposed to happen in the dating process. Even when you start going on dates is that you're evaluating this person. You're trying to see their character. And in this case, that's what he was looking for. He asked that God send a woman who would not only give him water, but would actually go out of her way to give water to her camels because he knew that would be a sweet woman. Because he knew any woman that would give me of her water and then volunteer to give water to my camels, that's a kind woman. That's the kind of character that Isaac needs in a wife. Am I talking to myself? So you can see a pattern here. You can see he identified her. He evaluated her. He approached her. In his case, he did and went on to say, hey, I'm here for this purpose. And then this is the important one. He stated his intentions. Now I know I'm gonna get some female amens in here today somehow, some way, because part of the concern that women have is that these guys in- engage with them and they don't really know what he's there for. He's too much of a coward to say why I am entering this relationship with you. And I watch this happen with people. I I, I can think of one relationship, and I'm not gonna put anybody on on. They used to say Front Street, except for myself. I'm I'm telling myself a little bit in the wall, but. But I, I watched one relationship, and very eligible guy, good-looking, successful, and this beautiful young single woman. And, you know, on the surface, you could see how this could possibly work. And so they're talking by phone, you know, cons- you know on a regular basis. And you, when you're doing that, you start to fall for each other. So she's starting to fall for him, and, and he's kind of like, uh... And he never, ever stepped up and said, hey, I'm, I'm talking to you because I'm interested in you. I'm, 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 I'm trying to see if there's something here to see maybe, maybe we can start dating, et cetera. He never did his state of intentions, which left an open door for him so that when, if he, when he stopped calling, he could say, what? What are you complaining about? I never said I was interested in you. I was just being your friend. But everybody named Mama know. And there's too many women that have had that done to them and too many men that have had that done to them because people won't state their intentions. I see I'm about to just wreck my message. I'm I'm sitting here going, where do I want to go? You know what? Let's go to Genesis 29. I told you I'm just going to talk today. I got a message. I'm about to just throw it away. This is talking about Jacob, and many people know the story of Jacob uh, and Rachel, and so let's read this. It says, since Jacob was in love with Rachel, he told her father, I'll work for you for seven years if you'll give me Rachel, your younger daughter, as my wife. So Jacob worked seven years to pay for Rachel, but his love for her was so strong that it seemed to him but a few days. Now he had been at that, their home for about a month. It just took a month for him to fall for her. And, you know, you you in love when you, when you tell somebody, I'm going to work for you for seven years and my pay is just giving me her. And, and, and he, in and the Bible, says it was years that seemed like days. And notice they weren't sleeping together. This wasn't about sex. This was about love. And, of course, you know, he was done wrong, and I won't get into all of that, but he did eventually get her. And, and I want you to notice that when a man wants you, he will move heaven and earth to get you. And it's talking about stating intentions since we're just going, going here. Uh, this may be hip to help the ladies. Notice he will chase you. If you have to chase him, there's something wrong. I mean, he, this guy, Jacob came up with his idea. Laban didn't even say, hey, give me seven years of work and I'll give you Rachel. No, Jacob said, man, I love her so much. I'm going to pick a number. I'll work seven years for you so I could be with her. This is what real men do. So, ladies, when you come across these guys that won't state their intentions, that's a red flag. That's a red flag because a real man. We'll move heaven or hell to be with you. Now, it may not be right away. You know, maybe there's, you know, we're talking, we're friends, whatever. But at some point, pretty quickly, it don't take all day. How I many know it don't take all day? At some point, he's going to make a decision to really come after you. The Bible says in Proverbs 18, the man who finds a wife finds a treasure and he receives favor from the Lord. Notice, if he finds a wife, he finds a treasure. To him, he's treasure hunting. What do you do if you were to go find, you know, if somebody told you, hey, there's some treasure you know, down the street and everybody's searching for it and you dig it up and you find, you know, a $10 million treasure, you're not searching anymore. Right? I mean, the Bible talks about that in the book of Matthew, how a man, you know, he found a field and in the field he found a treasure. So then he went and sold everything he had to buy the field. And that's really a picture of what happens when a man is really, truly interested in a woman. He's He's done searching. He's ready to dump everything so I can get this treasure. And if he's not there yet, if you're, you know, he don't respond to my text messages or he's inconsistent. And it's because he's not that into you. Come on, let me help you. Can I help you? Let me help you. Let me help you. If he's not moving heaven and earth, he don't want you. And you don't want to be with him if he don't want you. And get this. This is something that ladies got to get because ladies and guys are wired differently. Can I just be practical today? Because I'm feeling bad. Like maybe I should just go through 80 80 scriptures here and just lay it all out. I and mean, I'll get to some more. But can I just talk? Yes. Thank you for letting me just talk. Online, they probably saying, yep, yeah, you can go for it. <laughs> ladies and men are different. For To some degree, and, and I, I, I say I qualify this, a guy can kind of talk his way into a girl's heart. So she might be, mm, I'm not sure, but, you know, if she leaves the door open and she says, I'm willing to talk to you and listen. You know, but that's not how guys are in general. You're not going to change his mind about chasing you. It it, it doesn't work like that. He might be attracted to you. He might be intrigued by you. But he probably already knows very early you aren't it. And that's why he's inconsistent. That's why, you know, he might play some games with you. Or he might use you to meet an emotional need or a physical need. But he already knows you're not what he's looking for. And so part of what you'll see guys do, and you'll see ladies do this too, though, I mean, this goes both ways, is that he'll maintain this relationship with her almost where she's kind of like the backup while he's looking for something better. Don't you let anybody treat you like a backup. Come on, don't you let anybody put you on hold. Don't you let... But that's what he's doing. He's not saying, this is a treasure. I have found treasure. Because to somebody, you walk on water. To somebody, you are it. They meet you. They get to know you. And they figure out, whoa, this is it. And they will do whatever it takes to be with you. But, to, you know, but if he ain't there after y'all have had a little time talking, all that stuff. And you say, well, that could change, Pastor. First of all, if it changes, you will know. Ain't no point in you, you know, sitting there thinking about it, wondering if, no. There's this. See, what you got to do is you got to stop, stop imagining a future together with somebody that you're not sure even wants to have a future with you. Come on, sometimes what people do, they have whole romances in their head with someone they haven't even gone on a date with. They done worked out an entire movie plot. <laughs> he ain't even asked you. He ain't even told you he's interested. But he talking to him. Yeah, because he playing. You can't let yourself go there mentally or emotionally until it's clear he wants you badly. And a guy who, you know, if you feel like, well, he's just, you know, he's just kind of weak. He just won't, you know, he just needs a little extra help. That's not a strong man. That's a weak man. That's an indecisive man. Why would you want that? And most of the time, it just ain't true. Fellas, am I right? When you see something you want, do you go after it? Is there anything that's going to keep you from it? No. Thank you, fellas. Now, I didn't blow my message up. Let me say it this way. You're the answer to somebody's prayer. So don't you beg for love. Don't sell yourself short by pursuing somebody that doesn't really want to be with you. You need someone who can't, I ran, this, I ran across this post, says you need someone who can't wait to talk to you and spend time with you and get to know you and fall in love with you. So stop selling for half-hearted and lukewarm and hesitant and indecisive. It's so much better to be alone than to be with someone who makes you feel alone. Another post, marry someone who sees being with you like winning the lottery. Like something that Tony Gaskin says. He said, want who wants you. You can't make someone want you if they don't. Don't chase someone who is committed to running from you. And I love something else I read. The best piece of dating advice I've ever received is this. If they like you, you'll know. If they don't, you'll be confused. Honestly, it's all you need to know. Well, based on the pattern we're talking about, I mean, I just—I read one script, had some other ones. You can see that. And if somebody is not interested in you, I like something that Nona Jones says: Don't internalize another person's choice as an assessment of your value. Just because they don't want to be with you doesn't mean you're not worth being with. It just means they don't want to be with you, and they could just be missing out. All right, am I helping anybody? Because I. All right, let me try to get back on track here. So, I want to read 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I want to go to the other side of this. In verse 5, it's talking about love. It says, love is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. It is not rude, unmannerly, does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on his own rights or his own way, for it is not self-seeking. It is not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered Wrong. Notice love is not self-seeking. If love is not self-seeking, then whose is it seeking? Right? Who is it after? Right? It's, it's focused on what benefits other people. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 24 says, Let no one seek his own, but each one the other's well-being. So here's the key to something to think about in dating. Everything we do as Christians, we're supposed to do in love, right? Right? So we pray for people because we love love people, right? We give because we love people. When people treat us wrong, we find a way to do right because we choose to walk in love. And when you're dating someone, love would not lead a person on. I'm going to say that again. Love would not lead people on. Right. So that's one of these I like I heard earlier that, that John said he talked about how, you know, being a little older when you're when when you're dating and you're obviously dating with a purpose. And that's really what dating is supposed to be. It's not supposed to be about just having fun. It's not a game because you got people's hearts involved. People get hurt. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm going to be upfront with you about what I'm thinking, what I'm trying to accomplish, because I'm not interested in wasting your time or wasting mine. And you could add that I'm not interested in, in, in breaking your heart or having you break mine. So once again, I'm going to state my intentions. And if I get to a place where I feel like this isn't really going to happen, I'm going to let you know that. I'm not going to string you along. Once again, to kind of keep you around just in case, I, you know, this, this don't work out or this don't work out. Or, you know, I get to age 37 and I'm still not married, so I'm about to go, okay, well, hey, here you are. I'm like, right? Love doesn't lead people on. And so uh, that's something that we have to remember in the dating process. All right, I'm gonna I'm take you right to the right way to date because I messed up time wise. Y'all ready? I'm gonna give you five things to do to date the right way. Number one, chase or be caught. Proverbs 18 verse 22 says, the man who finds a wife finds a treasure and he receives favor from the Lord. So notice the man who finds a wife. The word find means to attain or acquire the idea here is that you are actually pursuing. And, of course, it's the man's job to pursue in a relationship. Notice it's he that finds a wife, not she that finds a husband. So I shared with you all a couple of weeks ago how I did a panel for Essence magazine, uh, the Essence Fest. And I was in a room with basically all women. And, I was in, and they asked the question, is it okay for the woman to pursue the man? And overwhelmingly, the room said yes. And I, being the guy in the room, I said no. And they basically want to throw me out. <laughs> uh, and, and, and I tried to explain to them, you know, the best way to do this, the way this is opposed to work, is he pursues her. I mean, oh, God's way is the best way. God's way is the best way. And, and, and one reason why uh, people get hurt is because they get out of God's plan. And so uh, it's important to allow the man to be the hunter. Instead, and, and that's how he's wired. He wants to hunt. He wants to pursue. If you approach him and pursue him, you already gotten a, a notch against you. He already doesn't respect or value you the way that you really want him to. And you're positioning yourself to have him play a game with you. Because if he really wanted you, he would have pursued you. But now he can use you to meet his emotional need or his physical need. And that just leads to problems. So you have to allow the man to chase. In fact, even in Judges, now I know this story is interesting because in Judges 21, there's an entire context here of there had been a war and um, all, you know, the people had been wiped out and there was a concern about the men who were left not being able to have wives. And, and I won't get into all of it, but I just want you to notice that they instructed in verse 20, the children of Benjamin saying, go lie and wait in the vineyards and watch. And just when the daughters of Shiloh come out to perform their dances, then come out from the vineyards. And every man catch a wife for himself from the daughters of Shiloh. Then go to the land of Benjamin." And the children of Benjamin did so, and they took enough wives for the number from those who danced, whom they caught. Then they went and returned to their inheritance, and they rebuilt the cities and dwelt in them. So I want you to notice that this, this, this is, I still think this is a funny story. Obviously, today we will look at this and say this is some type of sex trafficking or kidnapping. Or, you know, but it was a different time. Okay. So these men, this whole tribe was going to die out because they didn't have any women to have, to, to, to have children with. So this was the solution they came up with. They said, men, I want you to go hide in the vineyards. And when the women come out to do their dances, catch you a wife. So literally, the men went and hid, and the women came out to dance, and the men had to quickly identify, evaluate, and approach, right? Right? Because if you saw a fine girl, you had to recognize your best friend saw her too. So whoever gets to her first, that's, that's going to be their wife. So you better move, otherwise you're going to have to hang out with your best friend who was married to the woman you wanted for the rest of your life. now. So can you imagine this, though? These guys sitting here, and they, they waiting. These women, they're not, they not thinking about nothing. They're out here just doing their dances to the Lord, you know, and that's kind, of, that's kind of how it works. I didn't look at Ruth's story. I was going to look at it, but Ruth was just serving, and Boaz showed up, right? So she's just doing her part, and here they are. they just doing their part, just serving, you know, dancing, and then here come these men coming out of the brush, running at them, and I'm sure some of them was, was like, oh, yes, and some of them was like, oh, no. But notice that it wasn't them in the brush looking at the men chasing the men, and that's what we are today. Come on, am I right? That's what we are today. You know, he out here, he just trying to work out, he just trying to do, and he got all these women lined up, Mm, look at him, Mm. and and they're going to wear a certain thing, drop, jump in his DMs, play a certain game, all to try to catch this man. If you're trying to catch a man, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. The best way is to let the man catch you. But the other side of that, of course, is you do need to let him catch you. This is is a competition to some degree. You you, you sit around and you play around. I heard somebody say something, and I was laughing, and and they were talking about how games they used to play. And, and, you know, hey, this guy texts you, and then, you know, you let a couple days go by before you get back. I laughed. I said, days? Days? All these women dancing. You the first one he saw. He interested. But why are you giving days? Because you playing a game. He done found somebody else. If you're interested. I understand everybody don't want to. You don't want to immediately say. Hi my name is so and so. I think you fine. I think you sexy. I want to marry you on day one. Okay. But if you're interested, you got to let them know. that At some point, you got to show there's some interest. Number two. Oh, let me say this. Real men will pursue and woo the woman that they want. So real men will do that. Number two, communicate. We're talking about the right way to date. The first thing is to what? Chase, right? Number two is to communicate. Amos chapter 3, verse 3 says, Can two walk together unless they are agreed Can two walk together unless they are agreed? Of course, the idea of walking together is being united. We're trying to go to the same place, right? But if there's agreement, then there must have been communication. And one of the things that has to happen in a dating relationship is you've got to talk and come into a place of agreement concerning this relationship. I I came across a post, and one guy said this. He said uh, he was talking about dating. And the stages of dating, the talking stage, where we're just getting to know each other, the dating stage, or are getting to know each other while going on dates, the relationship stage, all those things just exclusive. Well, it's different for different, different people, right? Some people say we talk and that's it. That's, it's just us. Some people say we're not exclusive until, you know, we say we're exclusive. So how do you know what people are thinking? When everybody has different definitions for things, when everybody has different ways of, of how this is supposed to work, you talk about it. You talk about it. This is, and this is why I mentioned earlier about a man stating his intentions is that, you know, if he takes the lead and says, hey, I, 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 if he says, hey, I'm just right now just getting to know people. I just you know, want to be friends with people. And, and what does that look like? You can, you can have a conversation like that. Or if he's saying, hey, I'm interested in you and that's what this means to me, we can have that conversation. Or if she's saying, hey, I'm not really interested in dating right now, I just wanna have some friends, okay? We get that, but the point is that conversation has to be had, anybody understand that? All right, so that's one of the things that helps people to not get their hearts broken, it helps you not to lead somebody on, is when you take the time to actually communicate what you are thinking about this relationship. And it needs to happen early, that needs to happen early. Number three, cut them loose when necessary. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1 says, To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Right? A time to gain, verse 6 says, and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to throw away. I want you to notice that, of course, there's a time for everything. But I love how the, the word keep means to hedge about, to protect And the word cast away means to kind of throw it out. And see, one of the things that should happen in a dating relationship is that when we are talking or when we are dating, we are evaluating each other. We are evaluating this relationship. And when you reach a place where you realize this isn't it, you end the relationship. I'm going to say it again. When you realize this isn't it, you realize this isn't the person. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with them. They just might not be the person for you. We talked earlier about some of the things that you're looking for in dating. And one of the things is do your callings match, right? You feel like you're called to China. She feels like she's called to work in the inner city of Detroit. Once you all figure that out, th- this relationship needs to change. Right? We're not dating for marriage at this point. Now we can see that we can probably just be cool, but I need to let you go so that you can find a person that wants to go to China with you. Right? So when you realize this isn't it, you need to step up and end that. And I know that's easier said than done because your your emotions are involved. It's one reason why these kind of things should happen really relatively early. Right, why you should be talking about important things early in the process. you got the dating process really is an interview process. And so, you know, we, the first date, you know, maybe you may do some things that are fun, but you got to make sure you spend a lot of time talking. Because, you know, as I, I get to know you and you get to know me, we get to find out if, if, you know, the things that are on my list, including maybe we even talked about calling, if, if you check off those boxes or not. And if I already know I got five things that are really important to me and you only got two of them, I can't just keep dating you because you're cute. Because I love, you know, I love how you talk to me because I love your voice, because I love how you smell, because I love your curves. I can't, I can't, no, come on, come on. I got to be mature enough. Right? Love is not self-seeking. I got to be mature enough to not put you in a position where you could get hurt. Because of my selfish desires. When I realize this isn't it, I've got to let you know this isn't it. Even if I'm not sure, I've got to say, you know, I'm starting to wonder about this. It goes back to communicating. Okay, so that nobody's caught, out, caught off out of left field. When you know it's not God, let them go. Let them, be, you know, let them pursue God's will for their life. Put them in position. be with the person that god has for them and this is one reason why it's so messed up when people lead people on when they have four or five you know different men or different women all kind of on hold because what you've done is you've had people stop their life waiting for you when you know they're not what you want and 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 so you're keeping this relationship going with people that you know and and you know, and, 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 and what you're basically doing is you're harming them. And I've watched, I've watched celebrities do this to people. i watch watched people, and, and I'll be honest with you, I'll tell them myself, I mentioned that earlier. And when I was in high school, right when I graduated, there was this girl that I ended up, you know, we were friends, but the relationship changed. You might know what I mean by that. We went from kind of knowing each other to being on the phone every night for hours. We went out, hung out, you know, uh, we went to some place, hung out, and I clearly had feelings for her, and she clearly had feelings for me. But I'm going to be honest with you, you know, the way I thought then, I was a little too serious as a young man. For me, everything was marriage. I'm like 17 or 18, and it's like, (laughs) can I marry this girl? And I just didn't think I could because I didn't think she was cute enough. I'm just being real. Don't, don't, Don't throw nothing at me. I'm just being real. She was not somebody that I would have said, woo, and you know, walked up to and be like, What's up? She was somebody that was cute, but I was kind of trying to talk myself into well, she might be cute enough. And since I was sitting in the might be stage, and I wasn't, I never stepped up with my full intentions. I never said, I'm interested in you in this way. I never said, I want to date you. I never said any of that stuff, but I talked to her like I was. And I hung out with her like I was. And then I went away to college and I didn't really talk to her. And I started getting love letters from her. Then I never really responded. It was just a jerk. And, 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 I, and I didn't really intend to be, but I was. Because what I should have done, as soon as I realized, no, this can't be it, was well, I should have cut all that stuff off. Now, don't look at me like that. You didn't, did, you didn't did it too. But what am I Love wouldn't lead you on. Right? It wouldn't lead another, excuse me, it wouldn't lead another person on. So when you know this isn't it, you're looking at them, you're saying, hey, they cute, but nah, that's not really what I really want, or I don't think our callings match, or, you know, they, they, they're just not as mature as I need them to be, or whatever it is. And we, we talked last week about what are real criteria, and, and, you know, not being silly. You know, well, you know, her, her eyes are brown, and I want gray eyes. Come on. I'm talking about the real stuff. Okay, and when you know this ain't it, cut it off. Release them because there's somebody that when they meet them, they're going to go, oh, my goodness. Wow. And they're going to say, I will serve seven years to be with you. Let them have that person. Instead of putting their life on hold, and maybe that person comes by and they miss out because they got their eyes on you. And you know you don't even really want them. All right, number four. Talking about the right way to date chastity I got all C's so I said let me might as well just put, uh, make, turn this into chastity what am I talking about holiness First Corinthians 6.18 says flee sexual immorality run from it what is sexual immorality well it's sex outside of marriage right in fact uh, sexual immorality is all forms of sexual sin so that's even pornography and you know you name it the Bible says, run from it. Don't do it. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 3 says, This is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual morality, that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel, his body, in sanctification and honor. So God is telling you here to run from sexual sin, from sex outside of marriage. Why would God tell you to run from something? Because it's dangerous. Right? It's dangerous. Like if you were to keep reading First Corinthians 6 18, he says, every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. This is a sin that will harm you physically. It's a sin that will harm you emotionally. It'll break your heart. It's a sin that will harm you spiritually. It pushes you away from God. It's a sin that will harm your relationship. If you are with someone that you think might be bae and you're saying, man, we might get married one day, guess what? You start sleeping with them and you will hurt your relationship. And even if you end up getting married one day, you still have hurt your relationship. In fact, often those who will fornicate before marriage will be those who will commit adultery after marriage. If you'll cross the line before, what's to keep you from crossing the line later on when the marriage bed isn't so hot? And so a woman needs to know a man is strong enough to keep himself before she marries him. So she doesn't spend her, her married years wondering if he's cheating. She can be secure in the fact that he can maintain himself because he was able to do it with her. But if she knows he couldn't do it with her, then later on she's going to wonder, can he do it uh, with somebody? You know, Can can he maintain himself even though things aren't so great between us right now? And vice versa. And that's real. Temptation is everywhere. And if you don't learn how to properly uh, deal with it before you're married, then you're going to have a problem after you're married. Marriage does not fix the temptation problem. Marriage doesn't fix the sex problem. Now, it's part of the answer that God has given, and part of the reason why some couples struggle is because they don't do what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 7, which is that you should be with each other enough that you're not tempted. It's not supposed to be a once-a-month thing, or when I feel like it, when it's romantic kind of a thing. It's supposed to be, hey, his body belongs to you when he wants it, he gets it. Her body belongs to him when he, he, she wants it, he, he, she gets it. Avoid temptation. We've talked about that before. We'll probably talk about it a little bit more in a few weeks. Okay. But having said that, still, there's going to be times and seasons where a man or a woman is going to be tempted by somebody else. And so, and if you're that man or that woman, there's going to be a time where, you know, you're going to be tempted, even though you married the love of your life. And so you need to learn how to overcome your flesh now. Keep your body under now. Because if you do it now, then you'll be fine then. But if you decide to be weak, and it takes a weak person to do this, This why these men, they big strong men. Well, I can't go without being with sleeping with a woman, then you're not strong. You might have some muscles, but oh well. No, if you, you you need to develop that 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 strength now where you will maintain this relationship and you'll keep it in holiness. A real man ain't trying to sleep with you before he marries you. He's trying to give you a ring. He's not playing house with you. He's making you his wife. I saw a great post. It said, when a real man takes you on a date, you don't have to open a car door, your purse, or your legs. Let me throw that in there. Real men pay for the date. If you can't pay for her date, you ain't ready to marry You ain't ready to date, I'm sorry. You can't pay for the date, you ain't ready to date. Oh, but it's expensive. You ain't ready to date. Women are expensive. (laughs) Revelation. If you can't pay for a date, leave her alone. I know that ain't popular, but it's the right way to do it. So once again, how do we end up with so many people hurt and broken hearts? Sleeping around with people. Sleeping with somebody you're not married to, find out they just used you, or the relationship falls apart, and, and you know, this sin will wreck you. And that's even before you start talking about, you know, sexually transmitted diseases, unwanted pregnancies, etc. It's just not worth it. It's better to find a person God has for you and marry them and then have all the sex y'all want to have than to mess around and sleep with somebody before you say, I do. Net number five. Y'all don't know, okay? camera, over time. Again, I, I butchered the first half of the message, so, but now I, gotta, I'm, I feel like we're getting into it. Number five, you got to have godly counsel. Proverbs 24, 6 says, For by wise counsel you will wage your own war, and in a multitude of counselors there is what? There is what? There is what? Put that in comments. Safety. There is safety. You need some safety in this process. How do I get that? By listening to the people around me. There have got to be some people in your life that love you and love God that can help you realize whether or not this is God's bait for you or not. It is not their job to tell you yes or no. It's their job to help you to realize if God is saying yes or no. They're trying to help you get your arms around what's God saying about this, right? What what does the Bible say about this? What what, what do you have in your heart? What what are you seeing in this person? Are they showing you the kind of character that that that, that the Bible says they should have? Is this a sweet woman? Is this a strong man? You need to have those people in your life that can talk to you about this relationship while you are still evaluating whether or not they're bay or not. Now, that doesn't mean it's got to be 80 people, you know, but there should be some people in your life that you can talk to about it because ultimately your goal is to get your arms around whether or not this is the person God had in mind for me. And then lastly, number six, commit. Proverbs 18, 22 says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. There is a strange thing that happens sometimes for Christians when they meet the person that God has for them. They get scared. It's almost like because, you know, all this time you had all these options and, you know, and, and, and you've been waiting and believing God and then they're there. And then you're like, oh, this is it. And not in a bad way, but it's like my life's about to change. I'm going to have to forego everybody, all other options and, and this is the person. And, 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 and the fellas may know what I'm talking about. There's just this moment you're kind of like, I'm happy, but kind of scared and there does come a point where anything that God is doing in your life where you're in the boat and and the wind is going the waves are going and Jesus is walking on the water and he says come and you got to go out here and take this step of faith and say okay I'm just going to trust you God there does come a point where you feel like this is it man this is everything I've been believing for everything I've been asking for it may not have come the way I thought it, it may not look the way I thought it was gonna look but man this is it and as a man, when this is it, you got to commit to it. Step up. Once again, don't put them on hold for 85 years while I get my, my nerve up to approach. No, you go ahead and step up and commit to them. And once you've found God's choice for you, go ahead and go after that individual. You know, we talked about this before. God brings you windows of opportunity in life. And when you, if you miss those windows, they don't come back. So you want to make sure that you pursue that individual in uh, once you realize, okay, this is God's person for me. Did y'all get anything out of this? Yeah. This is one I'm probably going to throw away, but I, I want y'all. I'm at least get, want to make sure you guys got some things out of the, the right way to date is to chase or be caught, to communicate, to cut loose, to be chased, to get godly counsel, and then finally to commit to the relationship God has for you. Let's stop playing games. Let's stop playing games. You know, there are certain things that, you know, that, that you know, obviously everybody has, how they talk, how they communicate and all that stuff, but be upfront uh, about what your intentions are. Be upfront about where you are in the relationship. Don't lead people on. When you realize this isn't it, let it go. And when you realize it is, go forward and trust God and let God help you to have the results that you want to have. Come every head bother closed in prayer if you will. Thank you for tuning in to another Faith Experience podcast. Remember, God has a future for you.